Welcome to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. I'm Deirdre Koppelman, and along with your co-host, John Gassman, a.k.a. JG. Howdy. Howdy. We talk <laughs> about topics every Saturday night to help you in your personal and professional lives. Gut Wisdom will make you think, and we'll leave you with real solutions that come from real wisdom. Gut Wisdom is radio that resonates. So, JG. Yes, what's up? What's up? How so, you be? Doing well, doing well. You know, a few weeks ago, we did an amazing episode on the millennial generation. Absolutely, yep. We had a baby boomer. Gary Stein. Right, yep. and a millennial. Yep, our very own homegrown Stephanie Quinn, or as we call her, Quinster. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, it is time to move over millennials. Gen Z is here. Oh my God, it sure is, D. And did you know that Gen Z already makes up probably about 72 to 73 million strong, and they're radically different than the millennials? Well, check out these stats on Gen Z. 40% in a survey that was done, working Wi-Fi has more importance to them than working bathrooms. (laughs) Okay. And did you know that 35% of them said they'd rather wear, share their socks than office space? I thought that was pretty funny. Well, there are more insights than that for our listeners tonight based on three national studies of Gen Z's attitudes. Joining us, we'll have just in a short while the creators of those surveys and as co-authors of Gen Z at Work, David and Jonah Stillman. Wow, I am totally psyched. And we're going to learn how to translate certain words like, what is it? Mofo, FOMO, no, FOMO, Flea, Cray Cray, no, all this new lingo. FOMO. FOMO, 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 that's what I said. And we economists, I don't know what that is. Do you? No. But we'll find <laughs> out right after the break. You're listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. Welcome back, everyone. And if you're just tuning in, I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with your co-host, John Gassman, a.k.a. J.G. How you be? We're good. And you're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates. If you're just tuning in, J.G. and I are really excited about tonight's show. Our guests, a father and son, (laughs) which is amazing. They created three national surveys on Generation Z. So for the rest of this show, it's Gen Z. And yep, that's the generation that is right up on the heels of our millennials. Yeah, and their recently uh, published book, Gen Z at Work, talks about how the next generation is going to transform the workplace. So very different than the millennial generation. Well, I cannot wait another minute, JG. So yep. please let's welcome right here in the WCBS News Radio studio, Yay. father and son, dynamic duo, David and Jonah Stillman. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hello. Hello there. Happy How to be exciting. here. Exciting. Yeah, this is going to be a great show. So let me let me jump in and start by asking something. So before we get into the national surveys that you did on Gen Z, and then we'll get into your book a bit, Gen Z at work. I'm curious, what's it like for the two of you guys, father and son, to work together. It's just so amazing. I mean, it, for me, it's just a dream come true. I've been yeah. studying the generations for 20 years, uh-huh. and I do a lot of keynoting, so every year, one of my kids got to come with me to a speech. And Jonah was always the one right there afterwards <laughs> who just was fascinated by giving a speech and talking, and so when the time came, you know, he said, what about my generation? And 
Mm. He said to me, hey, dad, maybe I could be the voice of my generation. So he really sparked an idea that we've been doing for two years now. I couldn't be more proud of him. Mm. And I love working with him. I, I hit the lottery when it comes to Gen Zers. He's just awesome. So, so Jonah. Yes. <laughs> Gen Zer. How old are you? I'm 17 years old. And where do you fit in the realm of Gen Z? Yeah, I'm a core member of Gen Zers. So Gen Zers were born between the years 1995 to 2012. Like you mentioned, we are the generation that follows the millennials, and we are drastically different. Hmm. So what do the two of you have arguments over as father <laughs> and son working together? A lot of it comes down to... Oh, wait, and just for the record, sorry, David. Yes. So David, for our listeners, David is a Gen Xer. I am. Right? Mm, Not I a am. boomer, you are a Gen Xer. Proud Gen Xer. Proud, yep. We are, <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer too, so is Bravo. JG. Okay, so we've got three Gen well, Xers. Three here. versus one. <laughs> You're going and down. I'm in trouble. <laughs> You're going down. <laughs> so I'm curious because my kids, uh, my youngest, just missed Gen Z. So I have two millennials. Okay. Um, so I don't have a Gen Zer. What do you, what do you guys argue about? Uh, you know, it's interesting when it comes to this project that we've been on, a lot of it was how you get the work done. So we have very different working styles. Mm. I tend to be one who sits down, grinds it out, grinds it out till you get it done. Jonah, like not, a lot not of me. <laughs> like how do you get it done? I, I got the TV going. I'm checking my phone, looking at my laptop. I'll, I'll poke at it for half an hour. I'll take a little break. You know, I've, average Gen Z attention span is eight seconds. So I tend to switch from things quite frequently. And it took my dad a little bit to realize that, you know, I'm getting the work done. It's just totally different than how he does it. But once we figured that out, how we both work differently, we really started to collaborate well. Mm -hmm. So so in other words, you're a multitasker. Correction, actually. So what, oh. we've, what we've seen is that millennials were really good multitaskers. Gen Zers are really good task switchers. So we can have five uh. devices going at the same time. Like I said, I can be on my phone. I'm checking Twitter on my phone. Then I glance at my YouTube video I have running at, on my computer, and then I look up to SportsCenter on the TV, and mm. I'm constantly switching between these things because we have the short attention span. We're able to move amongst those things really quickly. Mm. So does that short attention span, I'm just curious, you're in what grade? I am a senior in high school. Senior in high school. <clears throat> awesome. So do you know where you're going to college? You don't have to say on air. I, I do not know what I'm doing. I'm hopefully going to make a decision about what I'm going to do in the future in okay. the next couple weeks, months. Here. Okay. So, but well, you, you can call me before you tell your parents and I'll help you decide. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as a senior in high school, how has uh, that sort of switcherooing, that major, major switching from one thing to another, how has that helped you and or how do you think it's helped uh, or hurt uh, you and those in your generation? Definitely. So there's times where you need to focus. You got to be able to tune out all the other things and like my dad's style, kind of grind some stuff out. There's no no denying the fact that sometimes it's just work first and then all those distractions can come later. Right. But at the same time, uh, my dad has always said he hears from other parents that, you know, my I hate the way that my kids do homework. They've got all these things going They're They can't <laughs> focus. I look at them. They got music in. They're watching TV. And then you ask them how they're doing and they're a 4.0 student and you've got to realize that it, times are different and you got to base it off of more results than the process. If we're getting the work done, if you're focused, you're a good student, and you've got your priorities straight, then maybe you've got to accept the fact that times are different and you can work in a different manner. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree So with that's them. a message. Obviously, Gen Z at Work, which is the book you and your dad have co-authored, you know, gets into quite a bit. I'm just still, I, I, before we get into the book and sure. the studies, I want to know more about the two of you. Okay. So where are you in the birth order, Jonah? I have two siblings. I have a 20-year-old sister who is a sophomore in college studying to be a 
What is she? An eighth Me- grade eighth grade algebra teacher, and then I wow. have a eight year old sister who is the funniest human I probably know. <laughs> she only interest is singing, loves singing, loves music, and then there's me right dead smack in the middle. There middle you go. child. The middle, middle child. child. Yeah. Oh. So David, how old was Jonah when he got his first cell phone? Um, Jonah or smartphone rather. Uh, no, Jonah actually. <laughs> Probably when he was around 11 is when he got it. It was right about middle okay. school. Middle school is when you started to see, but it was, I mean, he went straight to an iPhone. That's what sort of, he's never known a world where phones aren't smart. And the funny thing is, you know, oh. the phone, it's really a computer to him. Right. The last thing they think of using it for is talking on it. Interesting. Yeah, so for him, it's really been more that smart technology that he's always known. So yeah. I'm curious, Jonas. So do you tend to text more than you mm. call people or do you call people more than you text? Text messaging for sure. And I think now yeah. in a time it, that is certainly generational, but everybody across the board, multi-generation, I think have come to realize that the convenience of sending a text message is just so easy. Sure. But something that yeah. we found super interesting is that many people just assume the only way Gen Zers like to communicate is texting. Yes. In our first national study, we uncovered that when given the opportunity, 84% of Gen Zers prefer face-to-face communication. See now, Wow, mm, that, that's did, huge. Yes, that is. And that that's a throat clearer for me because <laughs> that is such a, and I read that in your book, that is such a huge switch. Definitely. A huge, what do you attribute that to? You know, think about it. This is a generation, it's 24 hour media, and what have they seen? I mean, every day we're hearing stories about some organization or some leader being called into question. And so, Mm -hmm. I think this is a generation that's looking for the authenticity, and the best way to do it, I wanna look you in the eye. Right. Really, so I believe they're hungry for authenticity, and I also think there's something very efficient about it. Let's look each other in the eye. Let's have our communication. Then I'll go back to what I'm doing. You go back to what you're doing. Yep. It's it, I like that, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I do too, but my concern is that so many people just assume the best way to connect with them is texting. And well, so when, right. we, when we're speaking to corporations, I can't tell how oftentimes Jonah will mention 84% want face-to-face and the room just goes silent. It's yeah. shocking. They're just, they're, they are shocking. And the mistake to be made is, well, I'm just going to text them versus get up from behind your desk, go look them in the eye uh, and talk to them. And do you think that's because that's how millennials prefer to communicate? And um, they're just sort of lumping the Zers into the millennials? I think I, it's I think it's more just not because of millennials. I think it's because they see a generation so immersed in technology uh, that they just assume that mm-hmm, we only yeah. want to use technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jonah, I think you're wiser than your years, but we'll get into that after. Why do you think it's important that organizations and their leaders, you know, really start thinking about this generation? It's a great question. I mean, a couple of reasons. One is, you know, when our generation, the three of us, Gen Xers, entered the workplace, no one was ready. It was baby boomer all the time. The boomers had spent years, you know, mastering the workplace. They said, we've perfected it. So what did they do? They just tried to treat us like the boomers. And I mean, we all know that just backfired. And there's still organizations reeling that pain. Oh, sure. And so what I really saw was history about to repeat itself. Millennials all the time, 24 hours a day, you can't. You know, not hear something about them, and I saw this new generation coming. I innately sort of knew they were going to be different. The research definitely backed that up. But history repeating itself that everyone's just going to assume, oh, everyone under 30 is the same, so mm-hmm. we'll treat Gen Z like the millennials, and again, it will backfire. Yeah. So you said innately, so I have a question. Sure. Do you trust your gut instincts? Always. Mm. 100% my gut. I, I 100%. And has and it, that has always been the case? Always been the case. What about you, Jonah? You know, I think I've learned from my dad. I think that's something I might have 
picked like, up picked up from my dad that gut instinct <laughs> tends to be the one that you should go with mm-hmm interesting how about you two so I've trusted my gut my entire life uh, probably because of circumstances more than anything I didn't have I had to well, let me put it this way not what I didn't have I had to make a lot of decisions for myself at a very young age without necessarily having a lot of experience or resources or knowledge so I had to trust my gut and I had to live with the decisions that I made and if they weren't great decisions that's okay pivot like a tennis player and shift and go uh, and always have the attitude of all right well what's the worst thing that could happen if it wasn't the right decision yep. your feet are not in cement I think they say now you're not a tree exactly um, so that's sort of been my philosophy my mantra my whole life I don't so I'd say I, I've trusted my gut my whole life. Yeah. What about you, JJ? Always. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that she, do you really you trust a, your gut? You know what you need? A donut. <laughs> I always go with so, my gut. A little sugar <laughs> will help so you trust David your gut better. <laughs> and, David and Jonah don't know this about you. I do, and our listeners do. This is not about me, so Well, let's yes, move but on. you're craving a donut, <laughs> yes, even I though <laughs> I know that you had cherry pie before the show. Okay, Ooh, so, busted. yeah. So it's, it's very interesting because I, as a business owner, and I also work with a lot of corporations, I don't think anybody's really thinking about Gen Z. I'm They're sorry, not. we're all still caught up in the millennials. It, 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 how to hire them, how to Correct. mentor them. And it's a huge mistake. And a it's lot of fascinating t- because you really are right there. Yeah, people always ask the one of the first questions is what is the biggest misconception of Gen Z? And sometimes my go-to answer is that people don't even know we exist. Uh, people assume yeah. that anyone under the age of thirty is the same. We're all millennials, and they group us together. Yes. And like we mentioned, mm-hmm. that as we start to go through college and enter the workforce, naturally that means leaders in the workforce are going to try to treat us like millennials, and that's only going to backfire. Well, I want you to hold that thought because we want you to stay tuned. We'll be back right after this short break with more from our father and son, Gen X and Gen Z co-authors, right? We have David and Jonas Stillman. They wrote Gen Z at work, and they're here, and they're coming back after our break. Yeah, and if, if you our listeners out there, if you'd like to get a copy in the, or if you'd like something of interest more than just a book <laughs> Deirdre is offering not only their book but to give you advice counsel and perspective all you have to do is just email her at dk at and might I add thank you for volunteering me <laughs> but everybody who's listening who who knows me knows I'm generous and I have to tell you just as a side note last week we received the most amount of emails we've ever uh, I received them on yes, behalf of JG and I and I apologize if I have not written back to everybody yet you were in California I was in California Galavanting. Uh no I was working with a client <laughs> but I will get back to you but the truth is if you would like a copy of Gen Z at work written yes. by David and Jonah father and son Stillman uh, email me at dk at gutwisdom g-u-t-w-i-z-d-o-m dot com And the first three will get a book. Stay tuned. You're listening to Gut Wisdom. We'll be right back. Introducing Play.it, a podcast network like no other. At Play.it, you can hear your favorite WCBS features on demand. In the WCBS Eye on Politics. I'm Pat Farnack with the WCBS Health and Wellbeing Report. I'm Steve Greenberg talking about your next job. Hear those and more from WCBS when you need it. Plus, great content from other CBS stations. For the best in news, sports, business, and tips for your lifestyle, go to Play.it today. Hey everybody, we're back, and if you're tuning in for the first time, you're listening to Gut Wisdom. 
on WCBS News Radio 880. And I am JG John Gassman, along with your favorite host, De- <laughs> Deirdre Koppelman. Hello. And uh, we, right before the break, uh, we have been talking with a father and son team about Generation Z. A dynamic duo, yes. Totally. Talking about Gen Z. And these guys wrote an amazing book called Gen Z at Work, How the Next Generation is Transforming the Workplace. And this has been a very informative and lively conversation. Definitely. About... And timely. And timely. Because we just did an episode... On millennials. On millennials. Not too long ago. Myths on millennials. And, you know, we're curious, and I know our listeners are probably curious, too. Well, I'd be curious, what are the differences? Yeah, what are the differences <laughs> that you found? First of all, you did three national surveys, is that, is that correct? It? Correct, yes. Okay, so what are the biggest differences that you found, Jonah, if you want to take that one, uh, between millennials and your generation, Gen Z? Right, so millennials were raised by boomer parents, Gen Zers were raised by Gen X parents. Got it. Um, at a young age, millennials across the board were told that if they work together, if they team up and try hard with their peers, they're going to be a winner and everything is going to be okay. <laughs> and then I came along being raised by a Gen Xer and I was told something very different. I was told there's mm. winners and there's something called a loser. And a lot of the time, Ooh, you're going to be a loser. You. Bravo. you know what I used to tell him? If what? anyone's getting a participation award, it's me. I got you there on time. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Yeah, so naturally, compared to Millennials, Gen Z is a very competitive and focused generation. We're also more independent. And so people that clump us all together, clump Gen Z and millennials together as we enter the workforce are going to realize that, you know, we work very, very differently. Yeah. So fascinating. So what are the key traits? So one of the, a gen, you know, of a Gen Zer. One that I think is fascinating is FOMO, fear of missing out. So FOMO, fear fo- of, of missing, missing out. F O M O. Yes, it. you learned something new, right? I all right. did. FOMO. <laughs> so what is FOMO all about? So here's a generation. Think about they are connected to technology and their social networks twenty four seven. At right. any time, oh, yeah. they can pull up their phone and because of their social networks, see what everyone around them is doing. So because of that, they constantly live in a fear, I might be missing out on something. Interesting. Mm. No, but I do think there's gonna be some upsides. What I'm seeing with this generation, because they fear they're missing out, they're really good at streamlining processes. So this is a generation Mm. that says, they think the rest of us overthink things. So they're gonna come along and say, you know, this process you have, and this long decision-making deal that you've got going, it's really slowing things down. And if you don't hurry up, someone else is going to do it. And and that's a great wisdom for later about how, you know, inside of companies, people aren't recognizing that if they don't speed up figuring out their processes, you know, somebody else is going to steal the cheese. I mean, for the rest of us, if you think about innovation, it's always been such a long, linear process. You think of it, you do a prototype, you do a budget, you prototype again, you send it out. And Jonah, what's innovation for you? Two steps. You think of it and you make it. Yeah, I like that. the The last thing you want is... For you to have this great idea and you take too long and somebody beats you to it and then your idea is now irrelevant. And that's happened so many. We have seen this happen so many times. No question about it. Well, it's very interesting because I have uh, my youngest is, I guess, on the cusp. Which is a good thing. She's on the cusp of millennial and Z. She's born in January. No, January of 94. Okay. 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 Right on the cusp. So literally right on the cusp. And she is a massive multitasker. 
has no patience for these long processes. It's like, what, what, come on, let's go. Let, what, what are you waiting for? And gets bored very easily. I don't know if that's something you found in your study or not. Oh, definitely. I mean, they want to keep things moving. I think the challenge that leaders are going to have, so long comes a generation, and yes, they want to streamline, but I think we need to mentor this generation and watch out for There's a big difference between a fad and a trend. Right. And if we sometimes jump on, you know, wow, they're, the young one's telling us we need to do this and that, it tends to be this, this quick fad. We could race, waste a lot of resources True. Sure. versus training them, you know, okay, we see this is happening. We don't want to miss up, but let's just watch this over a little bit of time yeah. to make sure it's definitely a trend that we're going towards and we want to put some resources towards. Yeah. So I, that's a good point. Yeah. So I have a, what is... Weekonomists. We Weekonomists. So, we, we can't take credit <laughs> for the name. Uh, a dear friend of ours, world-renowned philanthropist named Craig Kielberger, he runs the mm. youth organization called We, just a great organization. So that's really his word that um, we're using. And Weekonomists is the idea. I mean, they grew up with a shared economy. Right. So here's a generation that's really seen, you know, how we can put our resources together and be more efficient, more economical, and, you know, even Collaborative. more and more convenient, you know, so everything for them. So now that's going to play out. They're going to show up and they're going to break down a lot of silos. They're going to say, you know, why can't we all share, even with the business down the hall, right. to get things done. Mm-hmm. And the other side of we economists uh, is really their role as philanthropists. Mm. So here's a generation that really learned from millennials. I got to hand it to millennials. They were the ones who embraced technology, really put a lot of pressure on the workplace to say, we need to be giving back. What is corporate social responsibility all the way and even Mm -hmm. cause marketing, I would attribute to millennials. So now we have Gen Z who's going to take that baton. Right. And really take it forward a lot more. You know, I really I like that phrase, take the baton. Because it is more collaborative. Yes. It is it is actually collaborative as opposed to this versus culture, right? Yeah. Boomers versus Xers, Xers versus millennials, millennials ver- I don't like a versus culture and no. I see versus cultures and I made that up. So nobody can TM that because I'm sure JG is doing that right now. But I will um, say one thing we're gonna have to look out for is where millennials want to make a difference that and they had boomer parents telling them, you know, go be what you want to be and go change the world. So they came to work and there was attention on social responsibility and what's the meaning in your job. Right. This generation, don't get me wrong, Gen Z wants to make a difference, but because they experienced you know, the recession yes. and because they had parents telling them it's a tough world up there, yes. money, money, pay. Money, pay was at the top of their list. Money. So we, For millennials, we could say <laughs> you're changing the world and actually salary was, wasn't as important where this generation is saying, money I want to change important. the world, but like, let's be clear, I want to make a salary first. Mm-hmm. What you? about job descriptions oh the job description though that's are you smiling jonah so so (laughs) that's a whole different trait so that that now dives into a trait that we identified called hyper customized yes so gen z lives in a world where we where we we hyper customize every aspect of our life it used to be where you tried to do do everything to fit in with the crowd now the goal is to do do everything you can to stand out from the crowd from there is no norm from your hashtags to your instagram posts to your captions to the shoes you wear all the way to your job descriptions, the goal is to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. Interesting. 56% of Gen Z said they want to write their own job descriptions. I think they should. Well, the problem I think we run is that we could label them as being arrogant. I think the entitled could come back up. But you got to yeah. realize that, think about the world they grew up in. Well, jo- Jonah logs on to Amazon and says, welcome back, Jonah. Right. You know, there's this intimate understanding of who he is, but how he shops. Because, I mean, so here's, and here's the word, and I think we said it before authenticity 100 percent. so if you want authenticity 
the job description should be a real job description and not the generic, a generic, traditional, antiquated, out of the HR department, uh, here are your functions and responsibilities, correct? I believe that being authentic, and I I think I'm what, 51? I've been waiting for this my whole life, for people to be authentic. It's in the workplace, especially, when a because lot of, that's what people, why wouldn't they want that? Well, a lot of previous, I mean, for boomers listening, I mean, if a boomer didn't like their job description, okay, great, there's 80 million others who'll be happy to do that. So right. boomers didn't have mm. the luxury necessarily True. of pushing back, Yes, you know, and I think this generation, they've only known a world of customization, but... Uh, more than authenticity, I would even say there's going to be ownership. If I had a say yes, in totally. what my job is, I'm going to be more proud of it. I'm going to own it. Definitely. I'm going to be more engaged. I'm going to talk about it more. So I think it creates retention with employees. I, and and one know. thing we've done inside of companies, we've always done that where we sat with the employee and helped them articulate what is it that they makes that they love what they're passionate about Absolutely. to co-create mm-hmm. the job ju- the job description yeah and the, and re- then, and the reality and of said, it the, right it's a reality based job description and then they own it like Dave said i'll give you 100%. another example we have an example in our book from nextbook media it's a company in pennsylvania and i love what this ceo did he lets his employees come up with their own job titles yeah Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, the customer service one uh, is not the director of customer service. He's like director of first, first impressions. impressions. Right. Something like that. Or we had um, a customer experience ninja, you know, oh, or sales, <laughs> the, Duke, the Duke of sales. And he said, you know, it probably sounds really playful. But aside from a lot more ownership, he right. said the conversation with customers. Yeah. Well, what does that person do? And he right. said it just creates intrigue. more dialogue and yeah. intrigue with what the company does. Yeah. And I think it's smart. smart it move. is smart. It is smart. So I have another question um, about. So you did these three national surveys. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to do those surveys? Oh, wow. So this whole process of doing this for the book started when? Yeah, two, two, two years, years ago. ago. Okay. We had the idea for the first national study, so we partnered with a business program at my school, at my local high school, Minnetonka High School. The program's called Vantage. It's an off, off-campus business immersion program, so it exposes mm-hmm. high school students to real-life real work experience. Yep. And then we ran that data to Gen Zers all across the United States, and then we partnered with the Institute for Corporate Productivity to run and filter the results. I love it. You also had um, <clears throat> some celebrities that you yes. used as part of your surveys. Uh, did they just give you questions? And so why don't you tell us so, just a drop about that? So that was my like, idea for our third. Wait, na- I, I want to know. Jonah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're amazing. Okay. Thank you. You tell me and our listeners. She wants how, to know if you're married how, yet. No. Uh, <laughs> no, not for you. Self. For your daughters. <laughs> He's too young for my daughters. Okay. Never too young. He'd be a good catch, though. Yes. He yes. He, if I had okay. another daughter, Come Jonah, on. we could have that conversation. <laughs> now, how did you and your dad, how did you get Oprah? How did you get... Not only Oprah, Ariana Huffington, mm-hmm. and Mark Cuban, Tony yeah. Mark Shea. Cuban, This is actually a funny what, what, story. So, yeah, can so. you intru- wait? Can you introduce us to them because we'd like to talk <laughs> yeah. to them too. They're awesome so, leaders. That was yes, they are. We got them. That was I had an idea for our third national study. Going when we were doing my dad and I do a lot of public speaking as we travel around the U.S. and all these different CEOs of these companies always had these questions about Gen Z. So I had this idea that we reached out to notable. CEOs, celebrities, business leaders, and we asked them to submit one question they had about Generation Z, and then we would go out and field them. So we 
How was many select? You spoke to quite a few. So we had 43, 43 submissions in, in, the, the, end. in the end. And a lot of them came from just digging deep on finding one connection from here. How can I get to this connection, which led here? And then eventually trying to get up to that one person that we submitted. And yeah, we did end up getting questions from CEO of Nike, CEO of Zappos. Zappos, Oprah, Mark Cuban, Ashton yeah. Kutcher. And we're going to talk a little bit about that Kudel, uh, yeah. in a minute. For So for our listeners, I know now that you definitely, definitely want a copy of David and Jonah's book. Right. So the first three listeners that email me, please, not while you're driving, email me at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com. And the first three that email me tonight will get a free copy of their book. And Gigi, why can't you get Oprah? I want you, 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 you're so good. Come on. We want to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Come on, Gigi. I'm going to have to entice her with donuts, maybe, but she's, <laughs> no, uh, now she's on the Weight into... Watchers program. So yes, I was going to say that. Have, I don't know. I'll have to join Weight Watchers. I mean, to meet here her. we are. We have this show. It's called <laughs> Gut Wisdom. There's a premise behind it. It's we want wisdoms from people just like David and Jonah mm-hmm. Stillman right? Wisdoms from people that have not written a book, people that sing. Pe- everybody has wisdom. And- I will say about those CEOs and celebrities, as exciting as it was, there was a general theme. They all ended their email or communication with a thank you. They were all saying, no, this is so great. This is a dialogue that we need to have. And these pioneers yes. know that there's an important dialogue that no one's having. And so that just affirmed the work we were doing when they said, Absolutely. thank you so much, not only for their answer, but for trying to pioneer a dialogue. Yeah, you see that? So and then, to clarify, throughout the book, all these questions from the CEOs, celebrities, and business leaders are threaded throughout the pages. There's little boxes with their questions and, and answers. Well, we're going to get into some of those questions and answers, but let's just start with Oprah because I'm fixated on her, as you right. can tell. What was her question that she wanted answered? She she had a, a one Powerful of the more question. dynamic questions. Mm, no surprise. But she wanted to know in this world of tech. Do, I don't, don't give the answer, okay, though. Ooh, I just the question. Just the question. Yeah. So they'll come just, back after commercial. Yeah, well, hopefully. I'm on to you. No, they <laughs> have to buy the book. They have to buy the book okay. to find Ooh, this. Oh, I like even that. Better, even better. Even better. the way I think. <laughs> no, basically, Oprah uh, did you know want to know in this world of technology and so much going on around us, how do you stay spiritually connected? Ooh. Oh, what a... Ooh. Jonah... Yeah. Wait, I just want to know, were you surprised by the answers? Oh, by the answers? Um, there was, There's a good variety of answers. There's across the board. There's, it's that, not, it Jonah, wasn't, don't gonna, give the answers. I'm yes, not going to. I that's promise. A, that's I, a yes, no question. <laughs> were was, you surprised by the answers to Oprah's amazing question? I, I was surprised that there was of the variety of answers. There wasn't one outlining answer that we got. There was multiple answers, and all of them did make sense to me. All right. Well, hold that thought because <laughs> I, I want that answer. I think our listeners want that answer. You're listening to Gut Wisdom. Stay tuned. When you're on the train, it doesn't mean you're out of touch. Listen to WCBS on your phone or tablet. We're streaming live 24-7 with the news you need to know. Go to radio.com or cbsnewyork.com and you'll stay informed on your way to and from the office with WCBS News Radio 880. We're back and you're listening to Gut Wisdom Radio That Resonates. I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with your favorite, now you're the favorite co-host, John Gassman. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yes, a.k.a. JG. And if yep. you're just tuning in, JG and I have, we're having the most amazing yes. chat with uh, father and son, David and Jonah Stillman, yep. experts and co-authors on Gen Z. And they're, they, they wrote this amazing book, Gen Z at Work. And 
What we left off at the break was Oprah Winfrey contributed to one of their three national surveys, correct? She did, yes. And what was the question? And I thought it was a fabulous question. What did Oprah want to know about Gen Zers? In a world that's so focused on being technically, uh, technologically and being connected, how do you stay spiritually connected? Such a great question. It was. It ended up to actually be two questions because first we had to ask, are you spiritual? Right. Exactly. Which Which is really interesting. Right. Right. So 61% of Gen Z said they were spiritual and 39% said they were not. Interesting. Mm. And of those that were spiritual, you know, the top answers came in as prayer was Mm -hmm. how they stay spiritually connected. They go to a place of uh, worship. They read the Bible. And then there was some that said meditation and yoga Mm. and time with family, which I thought was really awesome. Oh, see, I love that. Jonah, you wanted to share something before we went to break. I think that that was uh, an example of a very, very dynamic question. Yes. And we had questions that ranged all the way from that to one of my favorites was asked by Seth Rogen, the actor. Oh, sure, Seth, yeah. And his question, I actually met him in person at an event, and I asked him if he had a question. His was so simple and so powerful. His question was, what makes you happy? Ah, and that one, that one, I think we got to leave him on a hanger. I think you got to read the book to find out the answer for that. Oh, yeah, I We're, like that, Jonah. Well, Wait, I, come I, on. You're not going to even give us any answers mm, or hints? <laughs> no, well, I guess not. Okay. <laughs> what about Mark Cuban? Mark mm. Cuban, you know, very smart. His was, how are you different from millennials? He really wanted to, like, ask Gen Zers, you know, what's the one thing to siphon it down? You know, how are you different? And... Uh, you know, it's a lot which we talk about throughout the book. So Mark's question really did spark some awesome dialogues throughout the whole manuscript. I thought one of the fascinating questions was Ariana Huffington. Oh, she's how do you, how do you define success? Yeah, and uh, you know, again, without reading the answers, yes. and again, you got to read the book. I'm not telling you the answer, but without you know having read the answer, I quickly like brainstormed. Yes. Oh, these would be my answers, and boy, it was so different than what I thought when I once I read it. Is in the that book. So. because you're not? I'm not a Gen Z, maybe. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. You know. That's amazing. And and just to throw out there again, and I will do that, uh, we are giving away three of your books. Great. To the first three people that email me at DK at gutwisdom, G U T W I Z D O M dot com. Not while you are driving. Keep the hands on and, the wheel. Uh, yeah, because the answers, the the whole phenomenon, I just can't believe I'm not thinking Gen Z. But here's the good news is that you know, a lot of time, and I didn't have an opportunity to listen to your millennial piece, but a lot of those, we're calling them entitled, people are struggling, we're in reaction mode. It's because sure. people are struggling to hang on to them, they feel they're walking out the door, yeah. and there's just a lot of angst with millennials. Well, the leading edge of Gen Z is graduating college this spring. Yeah. Right. So we have a chance to be proactive here, and I that's what it. we're really excited. So a lot of the book might even lean towards being more descriptive than prescriptive, because it's like, right. here's what you've got. you know. Yes, and a lot of our partners are going to be saying, here's what we're doing about it, and we have some of that within the book, but I think, you know, Step one is acknowledge describe different it. and describe sure. who they are, how it's going to play out based on you know my 20 years of research on the generations. But I, that's what excites us about this is there's a lot of excitement. When we walk into a room and we give a keynote address, there's a little bit of relief because people were not talking about millennials. There's a lot of millennial fatigue out there. People Definitely. are really tired of them, which doesn't bode well for millennials or Gen Z. Correct. Um, but then we start talking about Gen Z and it's like, oh, I get to be proactive here. Sure. Uh, yes. The leading edge is just entering the workplace. And I would add to that, you know, we're inside of companies constantly trying mm-hmm. to help them retain, recruit, train their talent. And and reading your book, I mean, having gone through it, and I picked up a lot of great wisdoms, ideas, some simple, single, doable things to implement that, 
when I think about it, this is definitely one of those books. It's a handbook for anybody who's in the recruitment field, in HR, if you're in charge of a team of people or recruiting from the colleges, this is like a must-have book. I think it's important. You know, I look at it both from business and personal. Always you do, yes. Yes, I do, because I I find them closely related. Well, business Uh, is personal and personal is business for you. Yes, and I think for parents of Gen Mm -hmm. Zers and, you know, why not just spread the news? I I have a a wisdom question, Jonah. Yep. Jonah, do you feel like I've been picking you on on you all night? No. Good, I hope not, because you're (laughs) tough. um, What's a wisdom since this is gut wisdom. With a Z. What, JG? I can't. I can't well, keep remember, my seriousness. People, you, know, you know what happened? You people people will go, they, they, they would spell it the wrong way and they'd find this colonic cleansing company and we're like, I know. that's not us. Yeah, no. There's no <laughs> Kind of, but not. <laughs> we're, we're we soul, clean out companies. We're soul cleansing. Yeah, yes. there we go. Jonah, yes. Jonah, hello. You can't get off the hook. Even though your two buddies here tried to get, wow, that to happen. I love it. Let's, let's what, bring it on, um, bring it on. What is a wisdom... It's a two-part question. What is a wisdom that you would give a Gen Zer, so a peer, about what to look for in a company? To look for in a company. Well, I think first and foremost, we've been talking about how the workplace is going to need to adapt to Gen Z as we enter the workforce. And I, sure. if I had an opportunity to talk to all the Gen Zers out there, I think we need to realize that this is a two-way street. I mean, we're not going to get everything we want. We're not going to get everything we need. As much as everybody needs to get ready and learn how to work with us, we need to learn how to work with everyone else. Oh, mm. profound. Bravo. That's so, a clap. And I, That's yeah, a big clap. Two-way street. And it's, it's really important because... Uh, Bravo. We're, we're entering the workforce with the youngest out there. We we have to respect our elders, and that is very important. And what did you hear that? David? I did. Oh yeah, respect. Who do you think elders. told them that? Just write that down. <laughs> <laughs> this is on the air. I don't. I got it. <laughs> okay. You want part two? Yes. What's a wisdom that you have for your dad? Oh, for my dad. Yep. Bet you didn't see that coming. I didn't. I think for my dad, and this kind of goes. For everyone, then um, we're new. We're sh- we're shaking up the workplace. We're shaking up everyday life. That's Gen Z, and as new generations come along, I think it's important to realize that we're not better. We're not worse. We're just different. And as as soon as people realize that, parents, hires people that are hiring people, work leaders, and everyone else, that's when we're going to be able to bond and have the healthiest relationship and personal lives in the workplace. So yeah, not better, not worse, just different. And I that's fabulous wisdom. And I would extrapolate that to our world. Definitely. If we can appreciate the differences of people, whether it's a generational difference or a ethnicity difference, religious practices difference. Diversity is key nowadays. Diversity is reality it is but i will say what the nice thing about generational diversity it's the easiest to talk about true you know like last week you did a segment on millennials and i have to believe there's a lot of stereotypes and acquisition accusations put on the table there will be with gen z we debunk them but you bring up another form of diversity people are too scared to talk there's a lot of political correctness people are worried they're getting in trouble get sued get fired Mm -hmm. but generations has not been hit with all that political correctness and hopefully it never will be and so oftentimes we'll be brought in to kick off a diversity initiative because we show hey look we can talk about our differences we can work through them if we're able to do that with generations we could do that with gender we could do that with race we can do that with ethnicity absolutely so so how do people find you 
Thank you. Uh, GenZGuru.com. Oh, G-E-N-Z-G-U-R-U.com. And the book is Gen Z at Work. There you go. Gen Z Guru. How come you didn't come up with Gen Z Ninja? I like the <laughs> Gen ninja. Gen Z Guru. It got a nice ring to it. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a Talmudic scholar. So, yeah. Guru. So we have so smart, about five-ish minutes, uh, JG. So probably worth mentioning if you've missed any of our episodes, you can always go to our website at gutwisdom.com and download prior episodes, or you can go to iTunes, and uh, or if you want to live stream it, you can always go to, what is it, radio.com? Radio.com is live streaming. Yeah. I think the podcast, not I think, I know, podcasts are on play.it, iTunes, and of course our website, gutwisdom.com. You can so always why don't download we sh- that. Why don't we share with our listeners our wisdoms? Okay, go for it. Well, what's the first one I would think about is the importance of companies preparing and adapting for, you know, this new wave of employees and the importance of being trained yes. in how to deal with the difference in between the different gaps, you know, whether it's Millennium Z, or X, mm-hmm. Y, mm-hmm. boomers, that's number one. Yeah. I really learned from... Uh, David and Jonah tonight, I, I, the desire to win for the Gen Zers is really um, a, a key wisdom to keep in mind because that's very different uh, than other generations. So that competitiveness is important to know in the workplace and to, to treasure it, uh, embrace it and enjoy it because... That's not an easy, that's not a trait that's sort of readily available. You know, we've sort of coming off of the, again, nice, nice, everybody wins a trophy. Um, I kind of like the competitiveness, and I think we should actually do an episode, JG, on competition uh, and the health of it as Very opposed so. to uh, the others. So what What do you have? Also, the, Don't you love how I, we just go back and forth like ping pong? What's your wisdom? Yo, what's your wisdom? Yo, 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 what's up, what's up? What's, what's up? your wisdom? So here's the other one. The importance of behavioral analytics in the workplace is tremendous. And after hearing this, understanding the way people think, mm-hmm. the way people take action, and we use a couple of assessments that are, some are proprietary, some are not, and leveraging the 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 knowledge the talents and the skills, but identifying them, understanding them, and bringing that mm-hmm. into the workforce, and then creating teams, I think is key again. Yeah, and in David and Jonah's book, uh, Gen Z at Work, I read something like 83% of Gen Z's trust recommendations from their peers the most. 83%. So what do you think that does? Think about it from a customer service branding um, perspective. Sure. If you're not recommending, if you don't have a good experience. The influence that. The influence, exactly. If I don't yeah. have a good experience. Oh my gosh, sure. And uh, where's that going? When That's a huge percentage of, of, of where they put their trust. You know, something that David mentioned, the generational issue, you know, in terms of communicating and whatnot. I think also the hierarchy of the old standard run-of-the-mill you know, blue chip firms, that's gone. Those walls are totally. being broken down. And the Absolutely. more open, you know, how often it is that a Gen Zer will go right to the top, you know, to talk to the CEO, the yeah, president, the no CEO. Fear. No, it has nothing to do with fear. Exa- they don't, well, right. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. You interrupted. Your turn. <laughs> no, no. You win. We get into this all the time. How about we do this? How about we get all of our wisdoms dealing with Gen Z? And obviously have David and Jonah contribute. 
and we'll put up some wisdoms on our website, Gut Wisdom. Just so smart. W I Z. You're so smart. Why are you interrupting me? Oh, sorry. You're interrupting me. Gutwisdom.com. We'll put up more wisdoms on Z's, right? Well, it's almost time. It's almost time to go. Don't sing. I won't. I want to hear him sing. Oh, (laughs) don't encourage him. After the show. He sings, I'm so glad we had this time together. So if you want to hear Just prior episodes, such as Empathy in the Workplace, or if you want to hear about Seems Bully Bosses, Culture Vultures, Emotional Intelligence, we have a plethora of material yes, that we, we do. Put, put up there. And we the, have a book on Amazon. Yes. Yes, Say Goodbye to Drama. Yes. Do you want to obliterate drama? Here's we a great have, book to read. Well, Go it's to a great Amazon. book, but there's one way to do it, and it's in the book. It's a short book. It's Love not that. as big as Gen Z at work book, but it's a good one. So, what else, JG? Wait till next week. Special show. What do we have going on? I'm not sharing. You know me. I don't like to kiss and tell. Okay. Well, let's thank <laughs> let's thank David and Jonas. Thank Stillman you guys for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having us. So pleasure. Much. We want to give a big thank you to our listeners, our partners at WCBS News Radio. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom Radio that resonates, and don't forget. If you email me at dkgutwisdom.com, not while you're driving, first three will get a copy of David and Jonah's book. Until we're back next week, have an amazing Saturday night. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates.